Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Seen It All show. I know it's been a minute. I haven't done one since my December movie roundup, but I'm glad to be back. I wanted to jump on here real quick before March and all the craziness starts again and just do a February slash maybe a little bit of January movie roundup. There's not many movies that came out, but I've missed it, and I want to get back on here, and I want to talk about some of the movies I've seen, particularly one that I just saw on Sunday, and that was Dune. I can't see this entire poster right here, but I saw Dune in IMAX, a new screening of it, and um, I have to talk about it. I have to get on here and jump and talk about it. I'm using excuse to finally get back into it and talk about it. I missed talking about them every week. It's just been crazy busy, and I haven't been able to break down it like I usually have, but I want to get on, and I want to give my updated thoughts on some of these films I've seen. So Dune, part two. Dune 1 is a film that I kind of was uh, hesitant on when I first saw it. It was just, it peaked whenever everybody got murdered, and then they melandered along for about 45 minutes after the fact and it's like they couldn't find a good ending for it but oh man did they have a good ending for this one because it it did end it did in the story it is the part two of the two-part story and it was just it was incredible the action and pacing particularly the first film that the pacing was off some we'd get two dull moments we'd get really dull moments like 34 minutes and action would go boom and the last 15 minutes you're like oh okay here we go here we go this one, it spread it throughout so that the audience never got fully bored with one scene because we had to cut back between different planets. The first Dune all takes place on, well, most of it takes place on Arrakis, but it doesn't, like, unlike Dune 2 where it cuts in between different planets, you see the Harkonnen planet, you see where the Emperor is at. I wish they would have zoomed out a little bit more to actually see the whole planet, but you get to see a bit more and that keeps it fresh. New areas of Arrakis versus just one location and versus just seeing sand constantly, but it's it just the pacing, the acting is just all elevated here. The world building, the cinematography, I believe the cinematographer's name is Greg Frazier. He did the first one. He did the Batman and he did this. He's got he's gonna get that he's gonna get an Oscar on his mantle for this film. And I saw an IMAX too, so it was loud and it was sold out showing too. And thankfully no one got on their phones, unlike I've seen at other places. Some people have gotten on their phones, and I'm like, thank you for that not happening at our screening of it. Um, I just want to go through the cast so I don't really give spoilers. I know a lot of people are out here giving spoilers because it's a book and they assume people have read the book or seen the 1980s movie. No, so don't give any spoilers because most people don't know the story of Dune. That is why it is becoming a big budget film for the first time ever because most people don't know what it is. So Timothy Chalamet, he rocked the. Uh, he was he was great. He was great. Um, his character Paul Atreides definitely has a lot of layers to it. Uh, everybody, let me just leave, say this. Everybody kind of goes crazy by the end of this movie, but you all believe they're going, why they're going insane. And Timothy Chalamet does the best job at that, along with Rebecca Ferguson. Rebecca Ferguson, she plays like a versus her character in the first film. Immediately something happens that changes her whole character dynamic in this film. And she plays it to a, plays it to perfection. It's incredible. Zendaya honestly stole the show for me. Zendaya was probably the best part of this film for me, and I did not expect that going in. I still, I never really got fully on board that Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya were in love with each other. I did towards the end, towards the latter half, but I still wasn't on board like, oh my gosh, this couple is perfect for one another. I never did. I never really bought their chemistry together. I saw them as more friends than as, which I mean, they are in real life. They're not together in real life, but I saw them more as friends and less as people that want to be together. Um, Florence Pugh, very small role. Hopefully she'll have a bigger role in Dune 3, but she... She has just such an amazing screen presence, and there's a reason she's becoming one of the biggest actors of our generation. And along with her father, Christopher Walken, which I still don't know how that checks out. But, I mean, if Al Pacino can do it or Robert De Niro or whoever's doing it, if they can do it, so can Christopher Walken. But he plays it perfectly. He doesn't ham it up. He just – Emperor is right there, gets in your face, and he has – he's not a huge presence. But when he's there, he makes his 
he makes himself heard. Um, Austin Butler, a lot of people were talking about saying, like, this is the greatest villain performance since Joker or since uh, uh, since uh, the other guy that's in here. I can't remember his name. But the greatest villain performance, it's not. It's not. He just plays a little crazy dude. He's not in it too terribly much. I don't understand. People are like, oh, my gosh, he's so crazy. It's nothing I haven't seen before. So, I mean, I wouldn't get your hubs going into the, that. And you can still – I don't know if it's just because other people haven't pointed this out, but – he speaks in a Harkonnen type voice, but you can still hear the Elvis way he talks in his voice. I know he's had to have a voice trainer hired in order to teach him how to go back to his regular voice, but you could still hear the Elvis in it, and I find that absolutely hilarious. Then you got Dea Bautista, who he he gets put through the ringer in this movie, and he is very much he gets his ass whooped in this movie. And the Stellan Skarsgård, he's there too, just doing the same thing in the first one, just all star stellar cast. Josh Brolin. He's there as well. I wish Jason Momoa's character would have lived in not Josh Brolin because I like Jason Momoa's character better. But he has some good moments in him. He's not in it too terribly much except for the end as you become like see like, oh, he's going to be Paul's like right-hand man. He's going to be there. Um, as for the ending of the film, they perfectly set up Dune 3 and I really want it to happen. There's the book, I think the book's called Dune Messiah is the sequel to the first book. I think it's going to happen. They've already say it's been partially written. Um, the box office for this one is supposed to open to 80 to 90 million US, but I think it's going to go. I think it's, I'm thinking it's just going to keep going up there. It has excellent word of mouth, like one of the rated, one of the highest rated sequels of all time. Uh, give me Dune 3 now, please. Um, I hope, I hope it has the stamina to carry on to the Oscars, like everything, everywhere all at once did back uh, March of 2022. I think this can do it. I think it can do it. I, I, I bet you Oppenheimer and Christopher Nolan are glad this film did not come out last year because I don't think they would be sweeping every awards race like they are right now. And hopefully they'll get some actor nods in there. Usually for sci-fi, they don't really like to go for the actors types noms, but maybe we'll see it here. Who knows? Just I, I hope Denis Villeneuve, I think he's already doing another project before he does, does Dune 3. I hope he does Dune 3 first makes this finish, and then goes and moves on to other projects. I'm like, let it, let's just give a tight trilogy right here. Make it one of the greatest trilogies of all time. Just You can do it, Denise Villeneuve. As for some other films that came out over the past two months, they were nowhere near as good. The first one I got to talk about is like, which is amazing. Just going from amazing film to just, oh, Madam Web. Um, it's not as bad as I wanted it to be, though. I mean, it's bad, but it wasn't funny. It wasn't so funny. So bad it's funny. It wasn't. It was just bad and it was boring. It made me sad because I was really hoping it was just going to be hilarious how bad it was. There was a few bright moments, particularly stuff to do with the ambulance and her going through walls and she hits people multiple times with stolen taxi and an ambulance. Oh, that was great. That was really funny. I like that. Um, there's, there was one, one scene that I really liked and that was the scene in the diner that they had toxic by Britney Spears playing as Spider-Man came in and whooped a bunch of, which whooped their butts. And I really liked the scene. I thought it was like actually a good scene. I was like, Oh, I see what you're doing here. I see what you're doing here. And then um, it just, it just went back, back off a cliff. She was like, I was like, Oh, this is good. And then she, Jumped on a plane and went to Peru. I was like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Also, really bad ADR. And I could tell what they were going for in the editing with how jumping back and forth and making her seem dazed and confused. But don't make your audience want to want to like not stare at that. It made, it made me nauseous. It was just the editing. Oh, so awful. And the ADR, that mostly the villain's line. So they just had to ADR all over. And it was just, it was really bad. Um, Dakota Johnson is the lead here. She plays this role exactly like I thought she would, although her press tour. It's one thing I can thank this film for is the press tour we got from Dakota Johnson, who 
had to guess what the Spider-Man films were called. That was pretty fun. One of them she called like the Goblet of Spider or something like that. It was great. And she said she hasn't even seen the movie herself. And I'm like, good for you, Dakota Johnson. Good for you. Making that Nepo baby. She's she's using that Nepo baby clout all the way to the top. And I'm I'm all here for it. Sydney Sweeney and the other girls. I don't really I think one of them is Isabel Mastin. I don't know the other one. She's not as big as the other two, but Sydney Sweeney, um, Isabella Mastin, they're they're fine. Um, they have good chemistry. They seem like they're friends, and Dakota Johnson is just there. Uh the spider suits. They aren't even in the movie. There's three. They show all the spider suit scenes in the trailer. And I'm like, oh, at least want to see some spider girl action. No, you don't even get that. There's no action besides just like killing people. There's not really action. It's just he sneaks up. Oh, you're dead. There's no action in this film. Let's be real here. I don't understand why Sony picks these characters and then does not, nothing remotely interesting with them. And, and then they studio note the film to death until you end up with this hodgepodge of a film. And I'm just like, I feel so bad for the director. I feel so bad for the writers. I mean, they haven't written good stuff. So, I mean, it may not be, it may just be them, but I just wish you would let them, actually, you don't want this to be a reflection of everybody's work. Like, it's, you never want to put that and that be the reflection of everybody's work. Also, I, Ari Aster. I think this is, has something to do with Ari Aster, who is a producer behind upcoming this year, Borderland, Venom 3, and Craven. I'm like, no, I can only take this man so much. And he's going to do Legend of Zelda? No, you can't do that to me. Stop. I just... I don't understand Marvel series is like, we're going to take a break this year. Audiences are getting sick. We need to focus on quality. And then Sony's like, let's put out three Marvel adjacent films this year that everybody in the, most people think those are MCU movies. Let's be real. They purposely try to trick the audience into thinking it's so. And it's just, it really makes me so, it makes me very angry. And then I did a double feature that day with Madam Web. And then I did Bob Marley. And I'd say Bob Marley, the only aspects I liked about that film were the parts where he was singing. And I don't want to attribute that to the movie. I didn't think, this movie was very good at all. I mean, it was perfect Valentine's Day movie. Perfect movie to release on Valentine's Day. I mean, it exploded and made the 14 million the biggest ever for an opening film on Valentine's Day. That is incredible. But I liked Lashana Lynch and I like, can't remember the actor's name. He was in Barbie and he was in Secret Invasion and he plays and he plays Bob Marley. I can't remember his name. But they were great, had the great chemistry. There was one thing they were yelling outside a venue and I was like, oh, okay, I'm getting on board. I'm getting on board. And then it just went back to, it just was all over the place. You had no idea what was happening. They try to focus on a certain point. They start off with a shooting, and then we're like, oh, what are we doing here? I thought that was interesting. And then you get a lot of songs. The songs part were great, but there's just, what is the film about? Like, it never actually does anything. His Bob Marley's music did way more than whatever this movie did, and it made the music less interesting than it had been without the movie. And I just, I thought the movie was really bad. It was like, we could have done so much more with the Bob Marley movie, and yet we have this, and it makes me very angry because the trailers were great and this movie's not it um argyle i will be here to defend argyle this movie is so bad and i love it so much it is so fun and i mean it's it's not like not great I, and it's not as bad but i mean it's not that bad i don't know i just i had so much fun seeing this movie i was me and my friend were the only one that were laughing the entire time in this movie when they just start going insane and i'm like i get you i get the vision matthew vaughn I get the vision. Everybody is upset because Henry Cavill's only here for a little bit. The only one I was upset about was Dua Lipa because she ain't even in it as much as I thought it would be. Henry Cavill's still sprinkled throughout, but I'm like, I don't care. I really don't care. I, I, misleading marketing campaigns are all the rage, so I I can't. I don't really care at this point. I mean, I understand audience confusion when they have to pay for a ticket, but I got A-list, so I'm just showing up. I'm like, oh, show, give me what you want. Show me what you want, but Argyle, I had so much fun. There was the cat. Oh my god. Catherine O'Hara is like the third main character. You could have just told me that. I would have been sold. And then they have action scenes with ice skating on oil. And they played my new favorite Beatles song now and then. And they say, oh, it's always been that's been our song. And it didn't come out till September of this last year. It's just 
the perfect stupid movie. I have a new movie to put on when I throw a party and just have it in the background and catch it every now and then be like, oh, that is hilarious. And I'm just, I'm so thankful for that. Thank you, Matthew Vaughn. And no matter how much this flopped, it's not even going to make 50 million in America. No matter how much this flopped, I want a sequel. I demand it. Apple, with your trillions of dollars, if you can afford to pay $200 million for this and $300 million of Killers of the Flower Moon or whatever, how much it was you spent, you better pay for an Argyle 2 for me. I want it. I will buy a new iPhone if it means we get Argyle 2. Make it iPhone exclusive. I will buy it so I can watch Argyle 2. But yeah, highly recommend. Highly recommend as I knock the mic over. Um, another film, my last film I saw in February was Lisa Frankenstein, which I was really hoping for that I was going to love. It was perfect. It was designed for me. Carly Gugino, yes. Catherine Noon, yes. 80s movie aesthetic, yes. 80s music, yes. And um, a young high school girl just murdering all her bullies yes that sounds so much fun i was so excited and no it was very bad i didn't like it there was a few there were some bright moments when they when they actually went crazy there's one scene where they literally say they're all screaming at each other after some guy swings an axe that was hilarious it was exactly what i wanted the movie to be but it's not that because it's rated pg-13 they can't even go all the way with the violence and there's not enough of her being insane and killing people I wanted that, and I feel like it could have become a cult classic. I mean, maybe it will be if they'd focus on that. Her costume design, perfection. She was great. I didn't like Cole Sprouse's role and her relationship with her as the Frankenstein. Lisa Frankenstein, the name doesn't even make sense. I think you should have just cut out the whole Frankenstein plotline and just focused on her going insane. I would have liked that better. And I think Carla Gugino's not even very good in it. It made me sad. One bright star in this movie was the sister, the stepsister. She was awesome. I was like, oh, she's a good person. And I really like her... The wrinkle she adds to this. Catherine Newton was great. And I'm just like, they could have done so They I wish it would just cooked a little bit longer. Added a few more notes into the script there. I mean, I understand when I say studio noting to death. This one needed a little bit of studio notes in there in order to just just let it steam a little bit more before we put it out there. And also, and you need a bigger budget so they could actually add more 80s music. All I remember is when in Rome, and then she sang one other song. And I can't remember what it was called, but she sang one other song. They didn't really play it. They sang one other song. It was like two, two 80s songs. I'm like, are you kidding me? You gotta add more 80s songs. This is an 80s movie. You have to play more music. I understand it's expensive all, but you're the one who said it in the 80s. So yeah, I was very much disappointed in Lisa Frankenstein. And the last thing, not movie-wise, but the last thing I watched in February was Avatar Last Airbender, the live-action show. I watched that fully right through. I just started Shogun, so I'm not gonna talk about that because I've only seen the first episode. I don't know. I'm, I'm catching up on all shows. Like, I watched X-Men 97 in, in preparation for X-Men 97 returning in March, but full shows that I've watched that are new, Avatar Last Airbender is probably the only one. Um, I have mixed feelings on it. So at one hand, when I was watching, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm really into this. And then other times, I was like, no, this is not good, and it's kind of boring because I've seen all this stuff. I love the idea of making the original Avatar show, Avatar show but for an adult audience with, like, PG-13. You're actually showing the Firebenders murdering people i'm like yes this is what i want i like this adult content right here but they still choose to focus on a 12 year old and i wish if you had decided to make this an adult show why don't you age up the characters so that i will actually get other people to watch i know this is like heresy to all avatar list airbender fans which i am one of them i love that original show but i say this to all people and they get mad because the remake changes something why don't you just go watch the original i don't want a shot for shot remake if we're going to make this for adult oriented audiences why don't we actually make the whole show adult oriented so that's just my stance on that right there. Um, as for the cast, I thought everybody did a pretty good job. I mean, it's child actors, so I mean, it's not the best. I like the idea of bringing Azula 
and to season one because Azula was one of, was probably my favorite character from the first show. She's just so insane. And I love it. Um, I'm not in love with the girl that's playing her. I'm not really in love with any of the cast except for Dallas Liu, a person that's around the same, who plays Zuko, and then Paul Sung Him. I'm I'm I might be butchering both these names, but I love both those actors and who plays Uncle Iroh. Anytime those two are on screen, I was like, yes, this is great. I love this. Let's not go anywhere else. And then we did go anywhere else. And I was like, no, I don't like this. Oh, and Dallas Day Kim. No, not Dallas Day Kim. I just combined Daniel Day Kim. I just combined the father and son names together. Daniel Day Kim, who plays Fire Lord Oz Ozai. I love that he's a character in this first season. You actually see how insane he is. So anytime we went to the Fire Lord stuff, the Fire Nation stuff, I was like, yes, I'm on board with this. I love this. And then we cut back to the kids stuff. And I was like, I've seen the animated show. That's what I'm going to for the animated show. The jokes are better in the animated show. They're time better. And the kids actually feel like kids. These ones feel very sterile. And I just wish I wish you could have just aged about just a little bit. And I know this can be a critique I get hated on for, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, the, the, um, the fight scenes, though, they were great. When we started off with the airbenders versus Fire Nation, we actually got to see that happen. I was like, oh, this is great. I love that we're adding this. I love that I got to see that firsthand. And the whole Water Nation attack at the end of the show, that was amazing, too. It was just like, wow, this is this is exactly what I wanted it to look like. I just wish we could have added a bit more depth. I, I'm okay with them cutting out stuff. Like all the people were saying, they're cutting out all the side quests. That's what makes Avatar Avatar. Well, yeah, that's what Avatar is. And it's right there. Let's do something new, fun. I don't know. I just, they could have done, I feel like they could have done a lot more with it. And it seems to be getting appropriate amount of views. I mean, not as many as I think they wanted to for $15 million an episode. But I hope they take the feedback and be like, okay, let's, let's aim for a bit bigger audience the adult same for an adult audience here and let's just 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 take to take the basic foundation of bossing say for the next season and azul and everything take that apply to the new season and just maybe don't try to do a remake and just just pick and choose what you want to add into i don't know i'm just i'm tired of seeing especially like little mermaid and snow white coming up and all of these how to train dragon all these like live action remakes i'm like why I feel like we have the same conversation every time where someone's like, oh, I want to remake this. Oh, they changed too much. Oh, they didn't change enough. I'm like, just make it a new thing. Just say, let's take the basic ideas and let's make it now, but for a different audience or something like that. Because the, the original audience, the kid audience for, let's say, Little Mermaid is always going to be there because anime, everybody's going to watch that. Why don't we change up a few things and make it a bit darker or a bit more original like the original? I don't know. Just do something fun with it and something unique versus just shot for shot remake. I don't want to see that. And I don't think most people do unless they're crazy. But yeah, Avatar the Seminar, I have mixed feelings on it. Again, I just, I hope they can expand on the good parts of this, the action, the CGI, the Fire Nation stuff. And I hope they can focus more on that in season two and maybe use those, um, use those writing skills for those types of things, those directing skills on the other parts of the show, like the main characters. Um, and then for films I saw in January, um, I saw, I kind of did a catch up. I finally saw Migration. It was cute. That's all I really got to say about it. It was cute. There were some funny moments. The little the little duckling, she was so funny. I laughed at most of her jokes. I got to give him that. That was really funny. But again, Illumination keeps just putting out just like very basic animation movies. And I'm just like, I'm so sick of it. I'm just like, give me a good animated movie, Illumination. Can you do it? Can you give me a great animated movie? No, I don't think they can. I don't think they can. But Migration, I was like, it's cute. It was fun. I'm seeing why it's making a lot of money because it's the only dang kids movies out right now. And all the kids are going to go see it. Duh. Um, and then I saw Poor Things, and I don't know, I kind of, I liked the movie as it went along more and more. It's not one that I'm like, oh, that's my fit. that's going to be one of my favorites of the year. It wasn't, but I mean, Emma Stone was great. I liked what it had to say. It's just like, that's not really a movie that I'm like overly fond of. I didn't have any problem with any of the um, the sexual stuff. It didn't bother me whatsoever. I'm just like, eh, it's a movie. 
I suspend my disbelief and I don't, it doesn't bother me. It's a story that's playing out in front of me. And then I saw the ISS from the International Space Station. I was hooked in this movie and I came out and immediately forgot about it. I don't really quite remember what happens because that was a good bit though ago. I do like Ariana DeBose in it and I like the eventual, I did, I remember now. I really like this. I'm just remembering the film as I talked through it. I did like the eventual conclusion though that the characters all came to about. They basically, I'm just going to spoil it. Like, they basically said, like, screw the world. We're not helping either of you. And I was like, oh, I like that. Ending. I really do. Or I'm like, let's not have, like, let's all work together. That's what I like. And I feel like that's what the movie tries to like. Let's just work together so we don't have to deal with this ever again in the future. And um, there, nobody's going to listen to that. Um, and then I saw Mean Girls, the musical. It was, it, I laughed a lot seeing it. I have never, I if I remember going to watch Mean Girls, it's definitely going to be the original. So I mean, like, I'm, I'm, Renee Rapp was good. I'm glad she's on the. She's on everybody's radar, and I'm glad this film wasn't sent to Paramount Plus because I'm glad I got the experience on the theater. And I got the burn book. It's like right up there with my Barbie stuff. So it's all the pinkest together. I got the burn book popcorn bucket, and it was just, it was a fun movie going experience. It's not one that I'm going to say is an amazing movie. I had it was a good movie, and I had lots of fun seeing it. And uh, people will trash me like this is a TikTok musical. Thing. I'm like, yeah, it is. It kind of is, but it was still fun. And the last movie I got to talk about that I saw in January was The Beekeeper, which. I really loved it. Was so fun to see in Jason Statham just absolutely murder everyone all the way to the top. And scam calls, I'm pretty sure everyone in the world hates scam calls. So I'm pretty sure everyone would be pretty sad, pretty satisfied seeing Jason Statham just murder all of the people associated with that, all the way up to the president's son. He's just wearing to work his way to the top. The action was great. I'm glad David Ayer finally got a new movie out after Su- the Su- Suicide Squad and Bright. Both were awful, and I'm glad he finally has found his little niche, and I hope he does. I hope they do Beekeeper 2 or whatever, whatever it is, because I really like the action. It was just great vibes. Adrenaline was pumping. I felt the testosterone inside of me. I was like, yeah, let's go. Let's do this, and that's exactly what I want from those films, and I can't wait to show this to my grandfather in three months when it's on Netflix, and he's just going to love this movie. That's it for the movies and TV shows I watch. I do want to talk, lastly, about Super Bowl trailers and Super Bowl and stuff like that. Before we get to Super Bowl trailers, I do have to say, we are Super Bowl champs two years in a row. You cannot stop the Chiefs. You cannot. We are going for a three-peat. Sorry, I just had to, had to get that out of the way of saying Chiefs are Super Bowl champions. And that was a very stressful evening, but I did get some good trailers to help alleviate my stress. And I got to talk about those trailers. So, Deadpool 3. Um, I'm surprised how much they're hiding. I feel like we're going to do like the Spider-Man No Way Home situation all over again, where we don't know if the X-Men are in it. We don't know if... Who hell everybody like everybody's rumored at this point to show up. Wanda. We don't know if Wanda's gonna be in it. We don't know if Charles Xavier is gonna be in it. I'm just very excited. And I hope they can keep it wrapped up more so than they did with Spider-Man No Way Home. I mean, Ryan Reynolds posted online like pleading everybody, like, please don't post anything, please. And I really hope they listen because I'm sick and tired of getting stuff spoiled for me. All of you people. Um, I did like Hugh Jackman, he showed up just for a little bit, and I love that uh Matthew M- McAffadine. Pretty sure that's how I pronounce it from Succession, who plays Tom. He is in here as a TVA agent. I love that. I love you, Matthew. And I'm so glad you're in this movie. And it makes me really happy. I'm just very excited for Devil 3. And I think it's going to do very well. I think it was, it, they said it was the most watched trailer of all time, but they added the Super Bowl views. Super Bowl views. So without that, it was like the fifth or sixth. But it shows people are still excited for comic movies if you give them what they're wanting. And that is not Madam Web, nor Venom 3. Well, maybe Venom 3. Not for me, Venom 3. And it's not Craven. Listen, Sony, and it's not, for God's sake, it is not El Muerto, the wrestler, the Spanish wrestler, Spider-Man character that you play by Bad Bunny. It's not that. Honestly, just don't want El Muerto. Please, 
for the love of God, don't give that to us. <laughs> and then the other big trailers, there's Twisters, which, I mean, looks like more Twisters. Glenn Powell, woo! My coworker is very, very excited by Twisters, and it makes me very fun. I, I find it very cute because I'm just like, oh, I didn't know there was someone who was such a Twisters fangirl out in the world until I met you. And it makes me very happy because it makes me more excited for the film. Yeah. Um, and then Wicked, just a short little one-minute teaser. I think it looks pretty good. I know everybody's like, it looks like gobbledygook. Like every other blockbuster these days has like a gray filter on it. There's no color. I'm like, I don't care. It looks pretty. It looks pretty to me. I mean, it's probably going to be dark like every other Hollywood movie. And I wish they would kind of, I wish they would have used Wicked as a, as a way to like harken back to past Hollywood movies. Like, like that could have been a good one. Like Wizard of Oz is the first big movie, big technical movie. Um, and I wish they could have found more ways to reference i know that it's not by the same company so they don't legally own it or they can't really legally do that but i wish there was ways you could like slowly reference like oh maybe do a matte painting there or something like that like there's a way you could do that i'm curious how cynthia revo and ariana grande are going to do as leads but i love that jeff goldblum and i love that michelle you're there so i mean you got me and i think um what is his name from uh from snl is on there too bowen yang bowen yang is in there too which that's cool too i like the supporting cast i don't know about the two leads but i like the supporting cast around them Oh, maybe not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, that trailer looked awesome. It got my blood pumping. And I think this looks way better than any of the other Planet of the Apes movies they put out, especially seen on the IMAX screen in front of Dune. I was like, oh, yeah, I need to see that. That's going to be real good. I need to finally watch the third one that had Woody Harrelson in. I watched the other two. I started the third one and then I never finished. It. I never came back to it and kind of forgot about it. But I will watch it. I will watch it before the film comes out. Oh, and this wasn't a Super Bowl trailer, but I just got to mention the Godzilla Times Kong new trailer that came out, and they are still hiding the Shimo, the Godzilla villain type of thing, the purple one. I don't know exactly what the color is, but I just got to say, that looks like loads of fun, exactly what I want. I am very excited, and I'm, my friends, it's driving. we're driving three hours to go see it in a 4D movie, so it's going to be great, and I hope it's really great just for that. I'm very excited. And then as for March as a whole, so I'll probably do... I, hopefully I will do a March movie roundup at the beginning of April. I don't know how it's going to be. Just have to see. I have two weddings, prom, and a bunch of other stuff in April, and it's just hard to stay up to date and hard to get on here and update you guys when I had free time, but I love doing it. Um, March, Dune, which I just reviewed, Dune Part 2. There's Kung Fu Panda 4. There's Imaginary. There's Love Lies Bleeding, Arthur the King, Ghostbusters, Frozen Empire, and Godzilla Times Kong, The New Empire. And that's a lot of movies, and I'm so excited. We finally have like a packed month with hopefully good movies i really hope they're good and i hope it's as good as last march because i just still love thinking about dungeons and dragons and john wick 4 and scream 4 and or scream 4 scream 6 yeah scream 6 and all that stuff and i'm just like i hope we can get as much as good as it was last year and i'm i think we can we're starting off with dune i mean i don't think you can top dune but we're starting off there so we're good we can keep this month just going the same pace we'll be good i'm just very excited but yeah I'm glad I was able to jump back on here, um, do a quick catch up. And I don't know. I'm just happy for all y'all that are listening. And I'm really thankful for y'all's continued support. I'm not sure how often I'm going to be able to do this stuff with my schedule continuing to get ramped up, but I will always be seeing movies. I can make time in my schedule for that, but I don't know if I'll be able to talk about them. I'll try to be more active, but again, we'll see. But thank y'all so much for listening. Have a good night now. Bye-bye.